thank you for joining us on One Size Fits Some, hosted by myself, Sebastian, and Blake. I hope you enjoyed the episode. How is your week been? Huh? How's your week been, boys? Crazy. Being pretty crazy? Yeah. Too much. You got so much on your plate, but you're still playing music. Yeah. I got so much on my plate and I'm still podcasting. You're still podcasting. You're podcasting, you're playing music, and you're editing pictures. So before the podcast started, we were talking um, in the kitchen a little bit about... uh, how he he still wants to play music because he doesn't want to forget it, you know. You don't want to what? So would you say like playing guitar and singing and all that? You feel like one day you're gonna wake up if you don't do it for some time, and you're just gonna be like, I don't know what a string is. No, I mean that definitely happens where it's like, oh, I don't, I'm not really familiar with this anymore, um, and I've just worked so hard at it that that like I said that would be that would be very sad. Like that's I almost did that for 20 years and I've gotten you know. I've gotten to a point, there's a level in your confidence with something. So I've realized that when I'm comparing myself to everybody else at at, at something, like when I'm sizing myself up constantly about something, that's, those are the things I'm most insecure about. And then the things that I can do that I don't even care about, like sizing myself up to somebody else, or I don't worry about like, where am I in the uh like the levels of whatever where am i in this playing field those things i'm not worried about that those are the things i'm most secure about Mm. does that make sense yeah Yeah. you know what i mean so like videography i've been doing it for several years but i'm still relatively new and i'm learning a lot every day and so i'm always like i'm better than that guy i'm not better than that guy i need to do this oh i should have done that. you're constantly sizing yourself up but like music it does not hurt my ego if somebody's better than me I don't think poorly if I'm better than somebody else. Like I just kind of like I've gotten to a point because I've been doing it for almost like I said, twenty years, that um, I just know what I am and where I am, and it's really cool. Like I'm very seasoned in that way. You know what that's called? What you know what that's called? That's called being the wise old man, the seasoned, like you said, the seasoned veteran. Yeah, the one that can sit in the corner and say, "Yeah, I do this and I enjoy it." You can be better than me, though. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, well, and that's that's my point is like, I know that I like it. I know what I am. I know what I'm not. I know what I'm capable of. I know where I'm strong. I know where I'm not strong. And, 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 and none of those things hurt my ego. None of those things stress me out. Like, it's just, I'm, I'm this. I, I fit, I've, I've learned where my place is in the world of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that being said, to, to do something for so long that you reach a level of like, seasoned elder in this hobby yeah to a great big white beard yeah yeah well and then so then (laughs) so then one day maybe if you just kind of fall away from it to wake up and then now you're not that anymore Mm. that would be very devastating but i feel like the the whole idea of being the seasoned old elder is kind of like you you can stop it and if you need to get practice again after a while you, you can kind of get back to that point right yeah, but I like where I am. That's 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 p- part of it. Part of not worrying about it is the confidence in knowing what you are. Have you have you have you ever seen the show uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender? I feel like we've talked about this. Have we you, haven't talked about it, but I've we haven't it. talked. You've seen the whole thing. 
most of it. All 38 like. episodes. No. There's only 38? Bro. You, dude. It's on Netflix. Go back when you're watching your programs and watch the whole thing from start to finish. Because right now what you're describing is my favorite character of all time, Iroh. Uncle Iroh. You remember him? The firebending old man? Yeah. Kind of quippy, funny. Yeah. So he used to be this great general. Like he was one of the best in the business. Mm -hmm. He was ready for the throne. And he gave it up when his son died, right? Mm -hmm. So this is different, obviously. But like he still had all of those qualities that made him a great leader. Mm -hmm. But he was fine just chilling and looking at other people going, oh, he's doing all right. Oh, he could do a little better. Yeah. But then at the end, near the end of the show, he had to like come back yeah. and like started training and then he became just as strong as he was before. I think I think in anything that you do, like whatever it is, like if you're trying to be a husband or a father or a, a scholar or whatever, like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, whatever you've set out to do that your goals are, there is a there is a cycle and it always starts out with like, it depends on who you are, where you start. Some people start with uh, empty self-confidence that they shouldn't have. Sure. You know what I mean? And then those people basically have to get broken down and, and shot back down to earth. And then they realize they didn't have anything to be confident in in the first place. So then that's where some people are broken or made. Because then either you go, oh, I'm, I'm crippled forever because my ego is hurt. And I, I, I was, how, how could I be so dumb that I was confident? I didn't have anything to be confident in. Right. And then they just kind of never get past that. Other people go, okay, I guess I was puffed up and I shouldn't have been. But uh, let's really start to build something solid now. You know what I mean? But regardless, I think that when you set out to do something, there's like the initial like prove yourself to the world. Like you have to be a try hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that is also laden with um, maybe some ideas that, that you won't achieve what it is you're setting out to. Yeah. Like you're like, I don't know if I'm going to get there or not, but I'm, I'm trying hard and I'm going to show people that I can do this and that. And then like... I think you have some real experiences and you get knocked down a little bit and you learn where you were being naive. Yeah. And then um, mo- most often you, you come into it, you're able to do what you set out to do, you hit your goals, and then now you're not trying as hard because you don't have, like that's the thing, you know what I mean? I think we've talked about this before, like people in Guitar Center like that are just like playing guitar real loud because they're like, <laughs> yeah. listen to me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I used to be like that when I was 13. I would I would always want my aunts and uncles and everybody to come like, listen to me play guitar on my amp shittily in my room shittily yeah. you know what i mean and i'll be like come listen to me and they're like oh i'll come in there a few because they really didn't want to because it was not that interesting i'd be like okay i'm gonna go practice but what would i do when i was practicing i'd leave my door open i'd have my amp get you know turned up loud pointed at the doorway yeah, because i yeah. want them to come in and be like was that you that's pretty good like you want that validation because wow. you set out to do something yeah and now like it's one of my favorite things in the world that most of the people that I interact with don't even know that I play music. Hmm. And like, it's good because everybody, everybody in their grandma plays a guitar, right? Like, yeah. oh, I used to play guitar. I used to play guitar. But like, I'm pretty good at what I do. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm to a pretty good level. So I think it's hilarious that there's people like clients that I have that I work with that just because I don't shove it in your face because like like I can it's like a secret that I have like I'm I'm really good at this I'm seasoned yeah. and you would never know you know what I mean do you feel like do you feel like um do you feel like you've reached your peak cuz I feel like you have to be at your specific peak to be able to like sit back and go okay I'm good where I'm at 
you know like let's say like the skill tree or the skill is like the the mountain mountains of Everest or whatever there's multiple peaks but there's like the highest right there's the Stephen by or whatever and then like there are other little peaks do you feel like that you've reached your specific peak where yeah. you're just like huh I see all that up there but I don't give a fuck and no. then you see all that down there and you go eh. no I don't think so um I don't think I've peaked at all I don't think you can um because anybody that would talk about peaking already is not that seasoned person because they are they're not thinking about it right because music is just like anything else like yeah. like if you every everything else is broken down into sections and subcategories right. right so like have you reached a peak as a father okay well there's there's a, a disciplinarian as a father there's emotional support there's the teacher as a father there's the support and like like bringing home money and and whatever you know what i mean like there's like 10 different categories or 50 different categories that equal being a father and each yeah. one you can go into in great detail like we were talking about in video Will games you just yesterday. let me simplify things man <laughs> so what I, but what i'm saying though is when it comes to being a musician there's my drone outside it just delivered it i probably need to get it because it's raining but um i definitely don't think i've reached my peak because there's just different like there's musicianship there is songwriting there is being a performer i think that if there's one area that i could really grow in it's being a performer so let's talk about technical guitar skills. Okay, what about it? So uh, do you feel like you've reached your peak nope. there? Your personal peak. I'm not talking about like where you could be. I'm not talking about the guy ripping, you know. Well, what defines a personal peak? Why would something be a personal peak? Like where you've reached the top and you're like, you know, I don't want to learn anymore. I don't want to try really hard anymore. I'm good where I'm at. Okay, so I think we're saying the same thing. No, because you're bringing in no, no, musicians, no, no. you're bringing in no, musical what writing. I'm, what I'm about to say, I oh, think okay. we're saying the same thing. Um, number one, it's not that I don't want to learn anymore. Um, but it's like, it's like, there comes a point where I'm happy with the the level that I've achieved. But I wouldn't consider that a peak. Well, that, but I think, I think it is. Yeah, because you've reached the top of your mountain. It, but it's funny though, fine. because like I am, I'm really not that good of a guitar player. Um, yeah, to be honest, I know. <laughs> like I'm, I think I'm a fine guitar player. I think that like anybody could call me a fine guitar player. If you think so. Um, and I can do, you know, I can do, I can do some rhythm. I can do lead, but like I am not one of those guitar players where people are like, "Wow, listen to that guy play." And I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. like, so I don't like to call it a, I mean, maybe it's a peak, but like in my mind, it is just like a, a, a level that I'm happy with. And then why would you have those levels you're happy with other than, I guess, because you're trying to be this thing. I mean, like I said, that's like being a human, right? If you go, it's, it, I mean, I feel like this is what our podcast is about. We always talk about like, where are your values? Why are you doing what you're values, doing? Values, happiness, yeah. like where you're at. So, so uh, to break down my musicianship, I, first of all, I realized a long time ago that most of the musicians you hear on the radio are not very skillful. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like Justin Bieber is an incredible singer and has perfect pitch. Like some of those people like are very good at their instrument. But a lot of these superstars, um, some of them are good and a lot of them are just not. And they're just personalities. And it didn't matter that they were good or not good or pitchy right. lot. You know what I mean? Right. So I realized like, hmm, I, I learned somewhere along the way. I was like, the people that are really, really, really good at guitar 
all that happens is nobody knows who they are and they just get hired by Ariana Grande to play guitar. And the only people that know who they are are the other guitar nerds in the like world. Like Stephen Vai. Like, I, I didn't know who he was until just last year. I went and saw him at the theater. He just died. No, he did not. Like a week ago? Shut the hell Like a week or two Breaking ago? news, guys. Hold on. Hold on. I'm pretty second. sure it was Steve. No. no, it was a prolific guitar player. I'm pretty sure it was Steve Vai that just died. No, no yeah. way. I literally saw him well, yeah. like a month ago. Dude, I, okay, like not trying to get on on like, hold on. I'm not trying to get on like tangents here, but literally I, I have, there's been so much death around me lately and it, and it's killing me. Hold on. No, he's alive. Wait, then what guitar player just died? Oh my God, dude. You're about to scare the crap out of me, dude. I've seen way too many people die. My accountant died last Thursday. Well, your accountant died? My other accountant. Oh, yeah. sorry. Jeff Beck died. Okay. Another another very prolific guitar player. Scaring the crap Alex out of me. Alex died last Thursday? No, no. My other accountant. Not Alex. Her name was Paula. She's been my accountant How since I was How old is she? Like or was she? She was 62. She what died happened? of meningitis. Oh. Yeah. Crazy. Like they literally came into her house and her lips were blue and like yeah. they rushed her to the hospital and boom, she had yeah. been having like severe headaches and uh, side note. So uh, we're going to get back to music here in a second, but uh, on the um, every day on Thursday when we podcast, Sebastian comes to my house, my garage door is already open. He just walks in. I just you know? walk in. Yeah. So this morning I was upstairs and I was like. It really seems like we're setting ourselves up for like an episode of Forensic Files. Like you would be, if somebody found me dead in my home, you know what I mean? It would be like Blake's friend, Sebastian, who meets up at his house every Thursday to podcast, walked in as he normally does. And like, there's me. I've been dead for like six days or something yeah. for some reason. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause we only really talk about once a week. Yeah. Like yeah. on like Wednesday or Thursday, really. So yeah, like literally it could be a whole week. Or, I don't or you are the one that could do it. Oh, you think I'd be capable of killing you? I don't. Well, I'm just. I'm not saying I think you'd be capable, but I'm saying you have the perfect opportunity to do so. To be like, oh, like I'm here every. Like you have, you have, you have logged evidence yeah, yeah. of when we start recording, mm -hmm. time stamped. You could say I come here every Thursday at this time, and look, I just came this time and I found him dead. Like yeah. you could, you could do it. I could. I could hire some, or I could hire someone to come and do it for me. Anyways, music. Um, so You're giving me ideas, man. So, <laughs> like, I realized that, like, the people that were really good at music, well, that's another thing, is, like, so my band was pretty good. Like, we were, we were uh, musicians, musicians. You Binding know? North? Yeah. The Blake and, uh, Brock Trio? Yeah. And, but I realized <laughs> that name. people didn't really care about that. Like, like we could play a song perfectly. Yeah. Like, and it would sound pretty close to the record or something. And people at the Mexican restaurant wouldn't care about that. And I started realizing like, oh, it's really about like how much of a show that you can put on. I realized that like level of musicianship is really only necessary up to about this threshold. And then it really doesn't matter how much better you are past it unless you go to like a way higher threshold. Yeah. You I understand agree. what I'm saying? Like the John Mayers, Christina yeah, Aguilera's, yeah, yeah, like, like those kind of people with just like, like the insane voices. So like, oh yeah. So like I'm a guitar player, right? Let's say it's scale of one to 10. If I can hit five, then that's pretty much good enough. And nobody's going to care if I'm from five to eight. 
Yeah. Nobody's going to be impressed. It's just like there's a threshold. But then once you, if you can get past eight, then people are like, wow, look at that guy's guitar playing. Well, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So I realized like, I don't have the time to get to an eight or a nine because literally if you look at John Mayer's story or even Jimi Hendrix, um, Hendrix was a whole personality and he was gifted on the guitar like crazy, but, but, but he had both. But here's the thing though. They like, so John Mayer, he, his parents sent him to uh, a shrink. Because he played the guitar so much. Like, they had to limit his guitar playing. So, like, he always had a guitar in his hands. Hendrick was the same way. Like, yeah. Hendrick would, like, 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 always have a guitar in his hand. Like, he'd be sitting in a booth in a restaurant and just have electric guitar just fiddling around with it. So, I realized, like, are those people amazing? Or do they just literally play a guitar 23 out of 24 hours a day? And probably so it's not. it's not so much about raw talent or who's born with it, who's not born with it. Like go, go, go play a guitar so much that your parents ask you to get psychiatric help and then see if you're almost as good as John Mayer. Right? Like how many people are like, Oh, guess I'm not good. And it's like, did you really do what the greats did? You know? But anyways, I think it is a personality thing. I think, I think it is about being able to be obsessed with something. Yeah. Cause I've seen kids on YouTube. So like there was this, there was a super viral video when I was a kid, it was called Canon and D. It was a guy, you, you know what I'm talking about, that guy in his bed bedroom just playing. Yeah, and like he, a metal version of Canon and D. Crazy. And yeah. like, you look at any other video he has, and he has just as much technical skill. Like, this guy is insane on the guitar. Yeah. Where is he now? Yeah. Where is he? Where is he? The kid probably didn't like talking to people. The kid was probably an introvert. He didn't want to, like, mm-hmm. push it. Mm-hmm. But like, and, and even if he did, he might not have had the personality. You know, dude, Steve Vai, I don't care. Dude, if you if you like him a lot, like people who listen, that's fine. The guy has a personality of a wet blanket. Yeah. Like literally, you know how like you, when you're on your shows, you'll make like a funny little quip or like you'll do like a little joke that's like kind of funny yeah. to try and like kind of yeah. spur up the crowd and everything. Steve Vai tried to do that when I went and watched him and I was literally cringing <laughs> the whole time. I was like, dude, keep playing the guitar because you are literally... You know, made to talk. I used to do that more than I do now. It's weird. Like I used to really banter with the crowd and try to make jokes and talk about stuff. And it's my favorite part of your show. I should probably look at what happened to me. But like there was there was a time. I think it was about when I moved to Alabama six years ago or a little bit before that. Maybe before that where like just that. That stopped. That that thing we're talking about, about like your personality and not having to put it in everybody's face, like yeah. it stopped. And we've talked about this too on the podcast, but I've talked about like, I'll be standing in line at the gas station and I gotta, I gotta say something funny to let them know I'm yeah. funny. Like I was, I was a big try hard. And now, like now it's funny because there's so many things about me that people that are around me, maybe day in, day out sometimes just don't know. Like they would never know. Like people think I'm serious. People think I'm Who stoic. Who thinks you're serious? I swear to God. People Who like, thinks you're serious? But so like, because I used to be like, you have to, <laughs> if you're around me in any capacity, if you can see me, if you can hear me, you got to know these things about me. Yeah. Um, and now I think, I think that made me feel like an asshole or a douchebag. So I've like taken a step back and then I had to learn how to like navigate. Well, how much should I put myself out in front but i of think everything. the difference is on stage that's okay because you're literally commanding the room at that point yeah you would Dude, you would say that's okay but then some some people i've heard people be like he just talks so much not me but other people he just talks so much like play the song we don't care about what you have to say 
who somebody has said that to you? Not to me. They haven't said that about me. They've said that about other. I've overheard people talking about other musicians. Oh, well, I mean, there's a balance. I think it's fun, dude. Some of your shows, and and this is a little off topic, but some of your shows, it, it, it's like office level humor. It's like you say some like really awkward yeah. but funny thing, yeah. and then the crowd is just like quiet. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, actually so. That's <laughs> that is where I think that I have started to like it is if I can make a joke that is really just funny to me to like be something that like, why? Like that's funny that he would just say that to people. And then if they don't laugh, then that is even funny. Like there's so many times I'll just make a joke and like people are just like smiling and kind of nodding. And I'm like, (laughs) that really landed. I'm happy about that. Um, but that's a horrible type of humor, dude, because I'll tell you, I go in this and I'm going to be I'm about to be canceled and labeled an asshole for saying this. But you know what? This is my podcast. So I want to say what I want. I go to a comedy show once a month, like a haba, like once a month, there's an amateur comedy night every single month, every Monday on the first Monday of the month. I'll go there and watch these amateur comedians and I, and I clap and I cheer them on and I like I, you know, I, I drink and I pay yeah. them, you know, I pay to go in. But man, when they bomb on stage, I'm laughing the hardest. Oh yeah, I, dude. I, I, Avery can't even go. My wife can't even go with me anymore because of how awkward it is. And they recycle the same jokes, and it's so and no one laughs. Yeah. But I'm. That's the best. Die. I am, dude. It is literally. It gives me life. But that's the thing, though. Like that's okay. I learned a long time ago. Like I probably won't ever do karaoke because, like karaoke is for everybody to laugh at the bad people like have you ever been at karaoke yeah and like there's somebody that's bad and everybody's just like people don't laugh at them right they get into it and they sing the song with them like it's it's like this guy's really killing it up there yeah but really like everybody's just laughing they think it's hilarious after karaoke but then somebody else gets up there that's like mediocre or like maybe kind of good and then it's boring and nobody's paying attention right yeah you know what I think it is? I think it's that you and I grew up, and I think a lot of the people, kind of like the people that kind of go out and have enough money to like spend out, you know, spend time on, on the on the town and stuff. I think, damn, I'm old saying that. Spend time on the town. Spend time on the town. Um, I think we grew up from on the generation of like America's Home Funniest Videos. You know, remember that? Yeah. And like people would fall and we would laugh at that. Yeah. People would get hurt and we would laugh at that. I think that's like a remnant, remnants of that time period because I love when people just eat shit. You know, you know, one of my favorite things in the world is like, uh, watching small children's performances. Oh dude, I can't stand those. Dude. It is the, like, I'm talking about like Savannah when he's like in kindergarten and they're like, okay, we prepared a song for you. All the parents come and see like, it is the best thing in the world because it's just so bad. It's so bad. (laughs) But, but as soon as they start getting to the level to where they're kind of good, like now I'm bored. Like yeah, now, yeah, yeah. because now I can actually critique the thing and I'm yeah. like, okay, you should be doing this and you're this and you're trying. And you're, yeah. Yeah. But like when you're just expected to suck and I can just laugh at how bad it is and just, it's adorable because it's bad. Like that seems like fun. But then as soon as it's a little serious, I'm like, okay. But I think it's also funny because you have a kid in there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like how creepy would it be if I went to a four year olds, like, singing performance and i don't know anybody there yeah and i'm just sitting there (laughs) yeah you gotta that's not funny at that point (laughs) so i got a question for you so you're you're unemployed right oh yeah i'm still unemployed do you three podcasts in a row i'm unemployed do you feel so you have a wife 
I do. Your, your, your family would support you no matter what. You know that they love you. They do. But your in-laws, is there some, is there some insecurity there? Is there some no. weird something? Mm-mm. So I think the benefit that I have is that my in-law, specifically my wife's mother, spends a lot of time unemployed. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that's funny, but she'll, she will work at a job for like two years and then take a year off and then work at a job two years and then take a year off. So for her, me being unemployed is like whatever. I think the difference is if I was unemployed and wasn't looking for work, I think they'd look at me a little weird. Oh. Because they met me owning my own business, my business getting essentially bought out by another business, me working that business for a while, and then me quitting on my own terms. Yeah. So I think the situation is different. Not like if I was some deadbeat who kept getting fired from job after job, then maybe they would look at me a little differently. But I think I think I'm in a pretty normal situation. Something I've had to battle with before in my ten years of being married. So when when Hannah and I first got married, you know, um, at nineteen, at nineteen, I was I mean pretty much for the first however many years of my adult life, music was my main job. So at first I was on staff, the worship leader, the, like the person leading the band at church. Um, so that was what I did when we got married. And then we moved to Destin. Um, and so I worked at Moe's for a little while. Welcome to Moe's. Um, you were the guy? I was the guy. You said it. it. That was how I said it. Welcome oh. to Moe's. You know what Welcome I'm saying? Welcome to Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, it's gotta be like a mo. There has to be a bounce on the mo at the end that has a, has a, like a follow through trail off. <laughs> Well, looking, down, looking down at a bowl of beans that you're shoveling exactly just going and so like, that's what it was it would be like i would be making a burrito and it'd be like welcome to Mo's. i wouldn't even look up at you and then oh, some people would be like thank you like they would thank you for welcoming them so much dude yeah <clears throat> anyways so wait but, wait i'm sorry real quick aside i've always wondered this i've only ever gone into Mo's with one other person what happens if there's just like a string of people that are not connected together? What do you do? Do you go, welcome to Mo, welcome to Mo, welcome to Mo's, welcome to Mo's? I think like it's, if there's like six people. I think it's per door opening. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's what I'm saying. So like if it's, you know that awkward moment where you're opening the door for someone, but they're just a little too far away. Yeah. So you let it close yeah. and then they have to open it again. Mm-hmm. What if that I think it's I think it's per door opening, but there has to be like a three to three and a half second buffer mm. so like if the door closed you open immediately we're not gonna we're gonna say it twice that's ridiculous okay that's well, insane. I, don't, I don't know no I don't know. corporate yeah no that's what corporate says that's what you said we're allowed to do you okay. said per door opening with three and a half second uh buffer between door closing and opening so you're not like what 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 what, what? yeah it was in the handbook yeah okay, okay. um yeah imagine somebody just like opening and closing the door that's, standing I like, whip 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 Two. What? What? Um, yeah. What? But anyway, what? so welcome to Mo's. I worked at Mo's for a little while, <laughs> and then um, got myself to a position where I could, you know, play enough music, and I made the, you know, money doing that. And even like with Hannah's college at that one point, she was like, "Hey, I got this thing I have to do this summer. This whatever, I won't be able to work." And I was like, "Okay, well, I'm going to play music," and I did, and I supported us on playing music alone. And I've done that several times. Um, and so that being said, I have always been. Um, what's the word? Thought of as less than by my family, by your family, my, no, or by your her family, her family. Okay, yeah, like they are my family. I consider them my. But anyway, so, um, and it's been frustrating because 
we've never needed we've never asked any of them for money like we've never needed anything like we've always been like we've done crazy things we moved all over the country like yeah. like we've been set up always ever since you know what i mean and the, it was it wasn't i realized somewhere that it wasn't about the money that i was or wasn't making it was just about what i was doing yeah. like like it was just about the fact that I was playing music and they're like, oh, he's, when are you going to get a real job? You, you know what I mean? You know, and I was like, uh, but what frustrated me is I was like, I could go work graveyard shift for half the money at a factory and break my back and you guys would respect me so much. Oh, they would. You yeah. guys would just think I'm such a hard worker, but because I play music and make double, triple that, I'm a, I'm a burnout bum. And like, it's, it's so weird. I'm like, how does that make sense? Let me tell you from the Hispanic. So I'm going to give you the brown boy, the, 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 spa, the Spanish Latin blood perspective on this. Cause I don't think you really get that. Cause I know Hannah's more of the spicy Hispanic person. Right? So we love hard work that is easily trackable. So like you said, if you were working in a factory, nine to five, breaking your back, coming home and just drinking beer, saying, leave me alone, I'm tired, yeah, my yeah. back People hurts. would be like, what an no, amazing man. Her family would be like, that man? Because they want to brag, but they want to brag in like a way that they can quantify. <laughs> They're going to say, that man over there, he wakes up every day, <laughs> at six in the morning, goes to the factory every day. And works for 10 hours a day. He is a hardworking man. That is who married my daughter. They don't care about the money. The money has nothing to do with it. That's man. so crazy. But, but they guise it in a way that they're worried about how taken care of she is. But let me tell you, this is the weird part. They worship mariachi bands. Think about that. And those are musicians. Those are musicians for hire. Dude, I swear, when I was growing up, my family would, they, they felt the same way. Like, if you have a full-time job and you're working fucking hard, you're, you're seen as, like, a good man. Even yeah. if you're making shit money, they'll be like, oh, I'll buy your beer. Don't worry about it. You're yeah. working really hard. But the second a birthday party, a second, like, an event happens, they're hiring a mariachi band, and they are cheering them on like they are, like, gods. But if you're a mariachi man... Like if you were to work, like work in a band for a mariachi man, they would be like, Ugh, "All he does is play music all day. All he does is go to parties and play music and and drink beer and play his guitar." They would think less of you. But if you were someone else, a stranger, they would look to you like you were some hero. It's crazy. It's crazy because, so, you know, it's funny. Like like I said, like here I am playing music. And making good money. Yeah. Like the only reason we could move to Vegas when we were 22, we saved up 10 grand in a summer, which was a lot of money to us. Yeah, I know. And it was my music that made us save that money. Like, like I was like playing a gig a night, every night, and saving all this money. And like nobody said anything. Like it was just, oh, you're just, you're just a bum with no job. Well, you know what? Like, because they can't quantify it. But look, but then... And the only reason I the only reason I took a break from school was because Hannah needed me to like make the money because her school and I was doing music and I was like school is the one thing that doesn't seem like it fits right now so I took a break from getting my degree and then went back several years later whenever Hannah found out she was pregnant as soon as I like started back on my degree my mother in law uh, sent me a message on Facebook Messenger which is like so proud of me and thank you so much for getting your like going force to getting your degree and I'm just like. Oh I've literally, God, like, dude. it was nice, it was nice, but I'm just like, 
I've been doing like a great job with this here. Like why? Yeah. Like it's, it's this, it's this perception expectation thing. Right. So then as soon as I got my degree, here's, here's the thing. This was a big blow. All right. As soon as I got my degree and I finished school it was about the same time that I met Kevin with, you know, contracting. Yeah. So I talked to him, he gave me a job on a little salary. So then, you know, I told Hannah, blah, blah, blah. Here's my first kind of job outside of making a degree. Yeah. And my uh, mother-in-law was so excited about it. And she was like, she was like, he's going to make you guys rich. And I'm like, hold on. This other guy that went out, did his own thing, quit his job, decided to be a contractor. He's going to make me rich. Like, like, and it's like, but if I was doing that, if I was like, you know what? I've tinkered around with stuff. I can yeah. do, I can do home improvement stuff. I think I'm going to quit my, my nice job. I'm going to go out and be my own contractor. They would be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, but what if are I can, you? how if are I can, you risking your family? If I can hang on to the shirt tails of somebody else that's doing it, like he's going to make you rich. And that's the thing that I think people don't understand that like everything that you think is a real canon like I think people think things are real and think things are not real, right? Like Apple, like that was a dude that started that. Yeah. Amazon, like Jeff Bezos did start it in his garage. Yeah. And that's the weird thing is like he had a poster, like I don't know if you've seen the poster of Jeff Bezos in his first quote unquote office space. It was literally a room piled up with books. Because remember, it was originally a book selling online shop. He had a poster, like one of those Walmart white posters that you buy for kids' projects. And he had Amazon written with a marker, like just taped up, dude. The guy had a vision. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but what I'm trying to say, but though. But they probably thought he was a loser. It's like now, right now, Amazon is so big and so real and so legit that people can't even fathom it that that was somebody's idea in their head. Yeah. That like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it makes you think like right now, what is somebody thinking about that in 15 years from now, it's going to be a household name or AI or whatever. Chat GBT right now. You you know what I mean? That's it. But like, but like my point is right now people, people land on what's in front of them and there and they can trust that. But if you're the guy that's going to do that, you don't get any respect. Yeah. Like it's it's really weird. Yeah. You know? But um I mean I even thought about this the other day. Like I'm grinding right now to build this business that I have, you know, and, and basically when Hannah gets off for the school year, she'll be able to help me. I won't have to work as hard, you know, she can take some of the slack off with the kids and the house and stuff and yeah. it'll it'll level out. But right now I have to basically single handedly like have the kids, do the house, do my own business. And like you're making more money than her. Like, it's just a crazy thing. But I think that sometimes she probably gets frustrated at me because I'm working so much and it it makes me look like a workaholic. And I thought about this. I thought it's so funny that if you're working a lot and you're making a lot of money, like more money than you need, because right now, currently we're kind of in that position where I'm working so much and we're bringing in more money than we need. People are frustrated with you. You're a workaholic. You could cut back. But if you're working that same amount or more and you're barely cutting it with the money you're bringing in. You're a saint. You're, you're, oh my gosh, you do anything for your family. What is that? Dude, I don't know. What is that? You're freaking me out right now. You're, you're like, like it just, it just, (laughs) it melts my brain. I'm like, you just glitched the matrix. But I'm serious. Like I can go work like crazy. And then now I'm an asshole workaholic that doesn't care about his family because I'm bringing in a lot of money. But like, 
if I work that same amount and then, but, but we don't have a lot of money, we can't do what we want. And my kids don't have shoes for the school year. Like, man, that's a, that's a good man that works hard. Dude, I'm telling you. Like what? I think it's, well, it's, it's all these, um, it's all these, like you said, perception versus expectation. I think there's these expectations that especially people in the, cause you, you and I are born in that generation in between, right? We have the older generation without the internet who hard work and all of this stuff is what pays off. And then we have the new generation below us where, you know, you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars on TikTok or on Instagram, right? And work is relative, right? It's not about how hard you work, it's about how smart you work, right? Our old generation is about how hard you work. And so we, we are caught in that in-between. So we're constantly like debating whether or not we're working hard enough or if we're working smart enough. Are we utilizing the principles of our past or are we actually adapting to the principles that are developing now? And I feel like our the older generation looks at us and they expect us to live like they do, but the newer generation is not living that way and being wildly successful. So we are instilled with those principles so when we deviate from that and it works, they don't understand it. And the younger generation is like, why are you doing it that way? Yeah. So I feel like we're caught in such a weird mix because my mom is the same way. Like I've made more money last year, 2022, than I'd ever made in my life in one year. And my mom was calling me almost every day worried about me. because, mm -hmm. And I was like, mom, I'm like in the beginning of the year, at least like once it started easing up, I eased up. But like, I was like, mom, I'm working every day, like 10 hours a day, like all day. And I'm making more money. And she's like, yeah, but you don't have a boss. Like you don't have a job. Like, what are you going to do? And I was like, mom, like I'm doing really well right now. Yeah, <laughs> what that's are you crazy. talking about? Yeah. I just, and so what is that? It's kind of like that thing. It's kind of like, so we're talking about guitar, right? We're talking about yeah. like up to a level of a five yeah. and then between five and eight, nobody, yeah. you know what I mean? So like if I have a family and I'm working at uh, insert fast food restaurant name here because I don't want to get canceled, whatever yeah, that yeah, is, for sure, for sure. and I'm making $7.50 an hour okay. and my family is just starving, yeah. then, hey, what are you doing? You need to do more. You need to work two jobs. You need to get a degree. Like everybody looks down on me, right? But if I'm working really hard and I'm making a certain amount of threshold that puts me at that five on yeah. that scale, then everybody's like, that's, that's the acceptable level. Like, wow. That guy works hard. Yeah. But then anything past that, unless you're a Jeff Bezos, people don't go, wow, look at everything that he did. Mm -hmm. And so, you know what I'm saying? Like, But he crossed all of the threats. I mean, he was probably called a workaholic too. Yeah. But, but so like your mom, like what would it take? Because it's obviously not $120,000, $130,000 a year. What would it take for her to respect what you do? Like, I think it's, you know what I think it is? I, I, there's this, I would love to break this down if you can help me. I can't explain it. I've not really tried to. You remember when you were a kid at school and you would go outside for like PE or something and there would be some game that obviously like your PE teacher or somebody made up and maybe yeah. they've been playing it for a couple years, but like we got these cones around here and you got to get to this area and then throw the flag at somebody that you can get them out of jail. And it's just whole sports game that you've never heard of. Weird, but it's all yeah. made up, right? But because somebody else that you saw a certain way, like told it to you and explained the rules, you had so much fun and it was a real game that you trusted. Yeah. But then you go home and you go, that game was really fun. Let me do it again. And you get maybe some cones and some stuff and you try to do it on your own. You're like, eh, 
It doesn't. It, it feels like some makeshift thing I'm doing. Like you don't you don't trust it enough. It's kind of like that thing where people trust rules that are put upon them more than Rather rules, than rules than that they, they put upon themselves. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. Um, so like that, or you know, your your mom, like like it's funny because she would be worried about you and then she would see somebody else in your position and be like, wow, I, I hope my son can be like that. I'll tell you what it is. I actually, I, I am super confident that I actually know what it is. It's sales. It's sales. Think about it. You have to sell it. You have to sell it to yourself. You have to, you have to make it pleasurable. Your gym teacher sold it to you. Mm-hmm. That literally sold you the rules, made it look like it was real. Mm-hmm. And then you go home and you try to build it and then you try to play with your friends and they don't really understand it. And then it just doesn't seem as important. But I think that or even to yourself, I think it's already not as legitimate to you if you're the one putting it together. I think it's the it's magic. I think it's well, more yeah, so. that look at look at Mr. OxyClean on the TV cleaning yeah. all this shit. You yeah. buy OxyClean yeah. and then you use it and you're like, it's just yeah. not as good. Well, I remember I remember I used to work at like a daycare. Um when I was a teenager, like an after school program. Yeah. I don't know if I ever told you about that. But um, you know, so you think about being a kid in the daycare. Like we're gonna have a party today and there's all these decorations and there's these snacks everywhere and blah blah yeah. blah. But when you so that's it feels fantastical. And then you're the one putting it on and you see behind the curtain. Yeah. And now you gotta go to Sam's Club and buy these boxes of snacks and these decorations. It's the illusion. And it's like the magic is gone because yeah. you you know what's going on there. And I think that is what it is in a way. Because like take Hannah. Hannah's very kind of traditional or she can be institutional she's still a free spirit or she's open but like i know that she sometimes will respect a deadline that's been put on to her from an outside entity more than she would respect a deadline she put onto herself yes and i'm opposite you know what i mean so if she's if she's in school and she's working on her graduate degree and somebody says you gotta have this done on friday and turned in that is serious legit that's law that's the bible that's doctrine but if she goes, I want to get this done by Friday, then she's like, oh, well, it's just me that set that rule. Yeah. And I am the complete opposite. It's accountability, man. I will like I will follow guidelines that I've set for myself more than what somebody else told me I need to do. Yeah. Somebody tells me what I need to do and I go, either I go, that's very realistic of you and I only need actually until tomorrow. You're yeah. giving me until next week, I need till tomorrow, so I'm going to give it to you. Like I follow my own whatevers. That's good. But um, to a sense, yeah. But I think I think that is what it is. I think that you are, it's sales, but it's like it's like TV magic or something. Yeah. Like yeah. like you you know what I mean. Your mother so, looked. I think that. But like going into that, let's say that, I think that's the problem with people like of our Hispanic culture and maybe the situation you have with your in laws is that maybe either it's Hannah or maybe it's you not selling your lifestyle to them correctly, right? So let's say let's say you had a conversation with them and you go, oh yeah, I am a video videographer, I'm a video editor, I have six different contracts with six different clients for this amount of time, I work every day on my business eight to five, I work very hard, and I'm, I'm guaranteed this pay. And then they go, oh, what if your business closes? Or what if your clients leave you? Be like, I got six clients, I have two people waiting on the waiting list, so if I lose two clients, I gain two clients. Oh, well, what if they go? Well, what if Apple were to go under? 
What if sales were to stop? Yeah. It's the same thing. Google just laid off 12,000 people two Fridays ago. Like, what if I was one of them? You know, it's the same thing. My business is just scaled down a little bit, but I have these things in place that ensure my success. Yeah. If you sell it to them, they're going to think, oh, look at him. He works so hard. He works for this videography company. But I think eight the, to five. I think the only thing <laughs> that you could do to really sell it to them is uh, be pretty elusive about things. You have to. That's I think the that, I think that like, you have to not let them know that. I mean, because everything is makeshift. My mom doesn't know that I'm unemployed. Is that right? Yeah. I'm telling you. You know why? Because I don't want her having that. I sell to my mom because every mom loves you and they're going to do everything they can to make sure that you're okay. But the thing is, I am okay. But like if she knew, if she saw behind the curtain, then she would be worried out of her mind. So going back to music, it's funny. You know, I told you we would play at a bar or something and we would be really good like 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 uh, skill wise yeah. and sound wise mm -hmm. and mix and everything. And nobody would care. But if you could, you could suck up a whole show and sound terrible if your stage presence mm -hmm. screamed, look at this good show that you're getting right now. Yeah. And so I think the trick to people, not necessarily the trick to life, but the trick to people is managing expectations. Yeah. Like, like, like I'm a big deal. You're very privileged to work with me. And everything that I do is going to allow you to see that reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you ever been to a Michelin star restaurant? Well, no. Okay. So I have. And not, that's not me like flexing, bragging. That's just me giving you my personal anecdote to this kind of situation. We went to a Michelin star restaurant in Paris. And it was one of the most famous restaurants there. One Michelin star. So like not that big a deal. The whole experience per person was $500 per thing. We got about 17 small plates. This service was impeccable. Like you could not see a speck of dust anywhere. But guess what? The food was like whatever. Mm -hmm. They gave us one oyster and it was like smoked with like capers or some shit. I ate it and I go, "Yeah, I'll have like 11 more of those, but like it's nothing to write home about." And then how that's how it was with every dish after that. Like was it worth 500 to me? Probably not like food wise, mm -hmm. like food, like, like you said, like we were talking about before, the food was at a five, mm -hmm. but everything else kind of like mm -hmm. masked that five. Mm -hmm. So like the experience itself was what people strive and, and want and, and like work towards. Yeah. I would never go again because I know that it's just a five on mm -hmm. the food. Like I'm not going there for the food. I'm going there for everything else. And I think that's what we're kind of talking about here. I think I think that my flaw has been uh, being authentic, genuine, and transparent to a fault. And I'm I'm learning how to not there because there's situations even even with clients where I would like give away something that I did wrong that they would never notice if I didn't say anything about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like I've learned how to just go, just hand it to them, and they're just like, "This is awesome." But if I would have said, hey, sorry about this looking a little funny in there. Um, I can take that out or whatever then if you want. Then they start to see it. Mm -hmm. You don't want them to see it. Exactly. 
Watch Blake and I as we slowly descend into being cheeky, conniving men <laughs> who hide things from people and sell products that are subpar but, but market them well. Isn't that everything? That is yeah. just, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, like people probably li- like heard what I just said and think of us as evil men. Look at Apple. Look, they have Chinese kids building iPhones, but they don't sell that. They sell the mom on TV taking pictures of food recipes and, you know, the kid learning their ABCs on an iPad. You know, they're selling that. They're not really telling you what's behind the curtain. Nike, sweatshops. It's about focusing on the right things and omitting the right things to, to, to like, make sure this, this, this perception is built accurately of you. It's crazy. Apple shops. Like in, in not in India, in China specifically, I believe, have nets around the building to prevent people from jumping and committing suicide. You know what's funny though, and I don't even know if we have enough time to get into it, but like everything falls apart when if you poke at it enough, and like everything when it comes to a big organization or a house that looks really pretty you go if you inspect it enough you'll find all these things wrong with it that make it not as perfect as you thought yeah a person you know oh, what yeah I mean? like like hey this person is top notch just just monitor them every minute for a week and you'll see the some issues. things that make you think differently about them and so that's i guess that's my question is like i really try to be an honest person like even down to like if there's something shitty about me like i don't I don't want the pressure of somebody thinking I'm better than I actually am because then yeah. I have to be that better thing. Like then you're mad at me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you if, weren't that if you thing. think if you think I'm a ten and I don't say I'm not a ten, I'm a seven, like for a liability wise. Yeah. And whatever scale that would be for anything. Ten, seven, whatever. You know, if I don't if I don't notify you like, hey, you think I'm a ten, I'm actually a seven. Now yeah. if I say that and then I let you down, I go, What am I supposed to do? I told you I was a seven. I don't know what to tell you. But if you think I'm a ten and I go, oh, you think I'm a 10? All right. And then I cool. operate like you, like I'm living the life of a 10 because I know you think I'm a 10. And then all of a sudden I let you down. Like you've got every reason to be mean to me because I guess, or mad at me because I guess I did just lie to you. So like I always try to operate in a place of like hyper transparency. Yeah. Like, and, and, and it's an art to not make it seem like, so let's talk about my clients. Like I'll be honest and be like, hey, um, Real estate photography is a little new to me, but I've done a lot of different types of photography and, and you know, I, I think it'll be pretty easy. I might have to learn a couple of things, but it'll be fine. You know, I'm going to say that. I won't be like, oh, sorry, I'm blah, 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 blah. I make myself just sound like some kid that you just hired off the street. Like, yeah, I'll yeah, say yeah, it in a way that's honest, but then also promoting some kind of professionalism yeah. that you can trust. But then you're, you're selling yourself a bit short, right? Because you... Because I want that margin. Because you want the margin. So, so if right. I sell myself a little short and they go, okay, well, here's what I think about the guy based on what I said. And then yeah. when I give it to you, it's over-delivered from what you thought. Yeah, yeah. Or they think they can pay you less because you don't have a, as much experience in that specific realm, yeah. even though the quality of your pictures is still top-notch. Yeah. So you're selling yourself short because at that moment, they're going to look at those pictures and go, I know he doesn't do real estate photography, so I'm going to try and pick things out. You can just say, I have a lot of experience in, in photo editing and picture taking. I can definitely get this job done for you. It, it, even, if, even if you're not good at real estate photography, you can still use your level of skill and professionalism yeah, yeah. to get you by and take the margin that you want. You know what I think it is even more so? I think everybody in the world 
is scared and feels small and they want somebody to look at or for like like when think about like when you were a kid like if if shit went real south like your parents are just gonna fix it like, like well, you think they're gonna fix it but right? that's because what you tell you the dream but that's what i'm saying and then you grow up and you go oh shit you go wait this, this is what my parents felt like when they were 30 and i thought that they just knew everything like so people people want the tr- people want the lie they just don't want to find out they've been lied to people want the dream i don't care what anybody says people are going to be like no i want somebody who's truly honest with me all the-. that's a fucking lie people want the comfort people want the lie but they want to think that they're smart enough to figure out the truth because they want to live in that dream i i truly believe that like i I had no idea the hardships that my family went through, like my mom and dad went through when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. I was completely shielded by it. And I was completely happy. I was fine. And then I found out about it. And I was like, well, I'm glad I found out. But damn, that really sucks. Mm -hmm. I could have lived my whole life not knowing that and been completely happy. Mm -hmm. The whole ignorance is bliss thing Mm -hmm. is so true. It's so true. We want the dream. I, people don't want to know that their shoes from Nike are, are from a sweatshop in Indonesia. Do yeah. they like that they know now? Yes. There's, but guess what? They're still buying the damn Nikes. There's a book that a guy wrote, um, and it's like a fiction, but it's based on real data and research. So like, he basically took real stuff and then created a fictional story that didn't happen. Mm. But um, I won't read it because it freaks me out too much. It's about... Um, another country like Russia or China or somebody uh, attacking our power grid in the United States. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've and, heard of this one. I've heard of this. And apparently, you know, what he was saying is that our power grid, the whole grid is from like whenever the hell we first got electricity. <laughs> and like he said, it's not really been updated. It's old. It's rickety. He said that like it, um, he said it's like basically held together by like gum and shoestrings. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, just for you to plug something in and unplug it and turn it on, like so much has to happen. It, yeah. Like, like, like it's just, it's always just like firing on all cylinders to make it happen. And we don't know anything about it. And he said, the craziest thing about it is there's virtually no protection. Like, like it is not protection from any kind of outside threat. Like it would be the easiest thing in the world for another country to come in and just completely take out our power grid. So he wrote about, a country did that and then just the entire like the turmoil because you know it would be like two days and people would just be killing each other i mean like like people would be ridiculous i mean think about if there was an emp that would take out the grid after i would say about well actually day one there's no internet right yeah there's no internet yeah so there's no and cell towers gone so unless you had a satellite phone you really can't communicate with anybody. Yeah. So, like you and I are completely shut off from everything around us. We are now in a in a house with no communication to anybody around us. Yeah. Day two. Yeah. Our phones are dead. Yeah. People, Chaos. I mean, people. Yeah. People would just like the the country would end if that happened. And what he did was he gave real data that was like true information as to like how that could happen, why it could happen, like. And so my point is, is like, why do we need to know that? Like, does that, like us, like us, like, like, I'm just like, does that, what, what I'm doing here, I'm trying to like have a family, like nobody, as far as I know, is attacking the power grid. Like, does it help me 
to understand all of that information or does it yeah. really just hurt me on because it just has nothing to do with me like if it happens okay i'll deal with it then and so it's that it's that thing that you're talking about you're yeah. like i didn't know about that but I, I probably could have not known about it and been fine i do that all the time with my wife like she gets very like it, i love her and everything I say is with love and completely like from a perspective of love. And but I'm going to say this now, sometimes to get her really upset and rile her up just a little bit. This is me being an asshole. I'll say, you know, honey, can you imagine that you and I right now are spinning on a giant molten rock suspended in vacuum of nothingness surrounded by planets and stars? And it freaks her the fuck out like mm -hmm. she's like don't even talk about that i don't want to hear it and i mm -hmm. say we are seconds away from a giant meteor potentially hitting our planet and sending us into an ice mm -hmm. age and she's like stop i don't want to talk about that i don't want to talk about that it's well i mean that i think we've talked about this too before on the on the podcast we talked about like americans see other parts of the country like india or ethiopia or something and they go look how those people live life yeah. Wow. And like, like, I'm just like, we're the ones that aren't supposed to be living life like this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're like, in an elevated state that should not exist. Really. Like, like, like think about your, think about your house. Think about how hard it is to keep your house spotless at every second of every day. Mm. Right. Like you would just be constantly sweeping, constantly dusting. Like you would never stop. It would be so ridiculous to keep your house perfect. And think about one day you can clean your house and get it really nice. And then by the same day, by nighttime, it's a wreck again, right? Yeah. Like that is the way life works. Like things get messy, things get dirty, things are hard to keep up. Things are not supposed to be perfect. Yeah. And this country is so almost perfect with everything, on, uh, you know, working as clockwork. Like you can go to the store, you're not going to get killed for the most part. Um, like trucks are running gasoline to the stores and running products to the stores. And like just you, you can drive your car, you, your lights turn on every time. Constantly. Like, like think about... Just the insanity. Like, it would be so hard for you to keep your house spotless at every second of every day. Think about how much harder it is to keep this country running like clockwork like it is. And I've, I've told this, I've said this to, speaking of Avery, she's calling me. I've said this to Avery. I think everything, and like, it's no accident. Everything has a birth mm -hmm. and a death. It has a start and a finish, whether that finish is bloody and destructive or it's an easing passing through the night. I think every society has to do the same thing, just like every business does the same thing. Everything has to have a start and a finish or an evolution. Mm -hmm. I think the U.S. was a wonderful country at its development and growth, industrial age, technology, gold standard into paper, like paper money into this but i think at one point we have to die i think because it can't grow i think more. there's people at the top that understand the things that we understand that won't let that happen like because if, if you have real power and you go okay everything has a cycle everything has a beginning and an end then you can you can curtail that in certain ways and at least you can curtail it in a way to where it doesn't just burn down to the ground and you go okay we're going to take a hit here and we're going to go from 150 to 90 yeah. But then we'll build back. So I'm not so worried about the country ending in its entirety as much as what I'm talking about is the people here like you that didn't understand the hardships of your family and you just thought like this is what life is. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's my point is like, oh my God, I can't believe people live like that in those countries. And I'm like, that's what the world actually that is. is. That is it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's the real thing. Like imagine you're juggling, right? You're juggling like three balls and you're just doing it so expertly and so perfectly and skillfully. And you go, how long can I keep this up? Yeah. Like, how long can I just Eventually, I know that I will drop it. Like, you know, it is not possible that you and can people just, are watching you. Yeah. People are waiting for but you. But imagine go. juggling so long and you're so used to doing it perfectly that you look over and you see somebody else like they can't juggle. And you're like, I can't believe people are dropping their balls. Can't pe- believe people can't juggle. And it's like, hold on. You're the one that is doing something that seems crazy. Like, I yeah. can't believe that's happening. You're still you're juggling. The one, you're the one that's doing something that is not really natural or it's really hard to do what you're doing. Yeah. And that is just, it's normal that people drop the balls or it's right. normal. You know right. what I mean? So scary, dude. Scariness. How do we go from music <laughs> to this? How do we go from music and peaks to destruction and world? <laughs> world ending? Well, I think that I think there's this idea. I think there's, there's a, there's a level of separation that is had where people can believe in something. Yeah. You know and in themselves too, right? Like your own personal mm-hmm. peak. It's mm-hmm. like, where's the start? Where's the end of your journey? And so and when can you sit back and just look and say, this is where I'm at. And so that being said, I think that um, basically it's like, take the people that don't live in America, right? Like I think this idea of got it, don't got it. Like, I guess they just got it. They just got it. That is the most harmful thing in the world. I don't think anybody's got it. I think some people obsess over ideas more than other people. Yeah. And really try to do something. And then they go, I guess I just got it. Because that's that's the thing is you're talking about. It's they like fit like, into the illusion. Keep, keep it elusive and don't let them know too much. You know? Um, and and part of that is because, well, if everybody knows, like, oh yeah, you can have this, just uh do all the work that I did. Yeah. Some people will do it. And then now you're not going to have as much room up there. So you've got to, you know what I mean? Like it's just, you're so right, dude. I'm nodding my head so hard <laughs> right now. You're so right. That is the problem with YouTube sharing all of the secrets, dude, that I hate that shit, dude. Now, ever since like real estate became like more popularized and all these real estate gurus online telling you how to do it, I'm just like, no, keep the secrets. Keep the secrets so that the people that figure it out stay at the top. We're getting to a beautiful place, though, where, like, who is that person that still just won't do the thing? I don't know how to do this. What do you mean? Like, you have a computer in your pocket where you can find any bit of information, like, any random weird question that you could ever ask somebody has looked it up on a blog. There's sometimes where I have a question in my head. And I, I type it in on Google and I'm like, I can't believe there's an answer for this. There's like, yeah. and it's not like hyper specific. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like back in the day with encyclopedias where you had to like kind of read the general information on this topic yeah. and then come up with the specific answer that you had based on context. Right. 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 Like, like, like here is your question and the actual finite number answer to the question you're asking. And you don't even have to search an article anymore. Google just puts it at the top before you click a listing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
You're not wrong. Or I don't know how to do this thing. Like I have a lawnmower and I don't know how to fix this small piece on this lawnmower. Like look it up on YouTube and there's going to be a three minute video of some guy in his garage fixing that part. It's not just one. It's like there's like 10 videos with 10 different people doing this exact same thing. And so I think the world is coming to a place where you've got the people that are hungry and they're going to do it. Like they, they see all this opportunity and like I can do like there's no doors closed anymore. No fences. And then you've got the people that still just... They gate themselves. Yeah. Because I, they live in a fantasy. Dude, I'm telling you. This because is, they look at the other people and go, they got it, I don't. They got it, I don't. And it's fine. Oh, well. I need to put this mic down. It's fire right now, dude. This episode is fire. It's crazy. We didn't even know what we were going to talk about. So what did we talk about? We're, we're, we're pretty much done. But what do you want to sum it up and tell the people we talked about today? I think the biggest thing is the illusion of success. The illusion that we project that people can either buy in and think we're greater than we are or the self-doubt that we don't think we're good enough, right? So like basically like sitting on that hill, like you think you're a good enough guitar player. You don't, need, you don't need validation from anybody else. No one needs to know how many hours you logged in. But somebody might see you play and go, wow, he's really good. Mm-hmm. But they don't know the hardship. And then translating that into the job forum, you know, it's like they think that you're a bum because mm-hmm. you work shows, even though you're making double mm-hmm. because you're not selling the dream. They just see a guy who, they, they, they have sold themselves an idea of you instead of you selling that idea onto them. Yeah. So they assume... And then, you know, you're, you feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that, you know, wear their heart on their sleeves and go, hey, I work nine to five all day, every day to just meet the minimum. They see that as valuable yeah. because they see, the, they, they see behind the curtain and they go, that guy is not as good as me, but he's doing the exact same thing mm-hmm. as me. So that's noble. Yeah. I think I, that's where we're at. I mean, you think about, I think too, it's about people it, it i think it's about losing sight when when you're in the middle of something like you ever think about like you ever had that thought as a kid like why can't i see myself getting older yeah like why you ever thought like like why don't i look in the mirror and and realize that i look older today than i did yesterday but like you're getting older like that's you know what i mean like isn't that kind of crazy that like you're getting older every minute every second every day but if you looked at yourself in the mirror tomorrow you wouldn't think that you look older than today but then if you look at a picture of yourself from five years ago, you're like, wow, whoa, how did that happen? Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think a lot of people, it's, it's the trick of going, I'm going to start Amazon. And then everybody goes, okay, dude. And then all of a sudden, 10 years come back and you go, look at Amazon that I started. And they're like, whoa. Yeah. yeah but yeah, if yeah, they yeah. would have seen every step of it, then for some reason, it's not as impressive. Yeah. Because it've been like, of course he did it. Yeah. Look at all the steps look he took. All, look at all this crap. Yeah. But if you just hide it behind mm-hmm. the curtain and let people know, hey, I'm doing this, mm-hmm. and then leave, and then come back, and then mm-hmm. they're like, whoa, how did you do it? It's like magic. It's like no, but you didn't see <laughs> the amount of times I cried. You didn't see the hours that I spent. You didn't see the things that I missed to build this. I think the thing that's funny to me though is I don't understand why it makes it less meaningful. To people that's that's and that's kind of where i want to end it like i want everybody to think about that including myself that like if if you were jeff bezos's kid 
and you saw him like at the beginning and then you were there for 15 years and now this company's off the ground it's just not as impressive like you've just watched it gradually but if you were somebody from afar and you heard his name at the beginning and then 15 years later he pops back up and you're like you're like oh my gosh like why is it less impactful if you were there for every tier every valley every high like why is it less impressive to see a magic trick when you know it's how it's done 